We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I am Brian Goins, not John Carlo Novice today. Um, he took, uh, I think he just took a day off. He just needed a day off. I think he um, went to Tampa for it for the day. I think he was trying to do something uh, for his sister, like a like a favor or something. I don't know what happened, to be honest. But I'm here. He asked me to, to fill in. I said yes. Um, all of us are on here because there's a lot to talk about still with Miami Heat, even if Gianni's not here. So we keep the show going on. Next man up. Uh, with me today, we got Kenny. How you doing, Kenny? 16 Techs? Or how, how do you want to be mentioned on this? How are you, how oh, you said my real name, Kenny Spence. Kenny Spence? All right. Let's do that. Yeah. Kenny Spence. How are you today? Yeah. I'm good, man. We do have a lot to discuss, man. This, this is the first main, main pod since a whole bunch of stuff has happened since then. He's on a three-game losing streak. We got to put some things in perspective, and so I'm ready for that. I agree. I agree. And then next up, we got Frankie G, our 2K coach. How are you doing, Frankie? And Street Beat co-founder. I got Oh, it. my bad. You know, I... I that's, that's right. my fault. That's my fault. It's only like the third time hosting within the last calendar year. So yeah, <laughs> now you're good, Brian. And you also forgot my underscore. It's Frankie G underscore on Twitter. Don't worry about it. Uh, the indispensable Kenny Spence is how we should call him. Yeah. <laughs> I like Trying that. A nickname. I like Trying it a lot. <laughs> Just came up with it. Um, I'm excited for this show. Uh, great game from Bam. Not much else to take from it. Uh, but, I mean, there there was – a lot to talk about, and we'll get to it. So I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, I got a couple topics we can we can cycle through. One in particular, I don't know if that's something you want to start off with, but obviously there's a lot to talk about in terms of the Heat's half-court offense in clutch. I got other topics like Bam's offensive um, aggressiveness um, from last night's game against the Raptors. Obviously, you guys touched on it quite a bit on Hangover Time last night. But there's still quite a bit we could probably still discuss in regards to you know what Bam could look like going forward after that you know pretty refreshing uh, performance. But I think what I want to talk about is I think I want to talk about some Victor Oladipo. 
Because I, I think that clip from last night, if it wasn't for Bannon's performance, that was the leading story from yesterday. Yeah. So I think we should talk about Victor first. And I will get the clip up in just a second, but I actually want to just go to you, Kenny. Seeing that first clip on social media, your first reaction, because I know you've seen a couple of clips in the past, and I know you've, you've chimed in like, oh, what's Victor's updates? What's he doing? So you see that clip yesterday. Your first reaction is what? That reverse, ooh. I mean, we've seen the warm-ups, the little skyhooks and stuff, and it seemed like he's kind of he was getting his legs under him and kind of just figuring things out again. But for him to be out there catching lobs now, even if it is just in practice, off the injury he had and actually being injured the past two, three years with a leg injury, to reverse that easily, I'm excited about it. It seems like he's healthier than he's ever been. He wasn't doing that when he came back in Indiana. He wasn't doing that in Houston. And so now you see him doing it in Miami. Yeah, I don't know if you want to put a clip up there, but, man, he's moving comfortably. It doesn't look like he's favoring the leg. Look at that dunk, man. We got to go back and look at that one more time. But that reverse. Yeah. The jump shot looks really nice. It looks a lot more smooth than it looked like last year. He had more of a – he had a really random – I don't know if it was because of the his issue with his legs or not, or his knee really, but it seems like he's – planting himself better when he goes off for a jump shot. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's favoring one side or the other right now. So I want to actually going to replace one more time. So obviously we got this reverse dunk. Easy. Smooth. A couple drive-in layups right here. Yeah. And that layup, notice he took nice off the, um, he took off on the injured leg too. Yep. That right there, though, the, the change in direction, the comfort with that, that's yes. that's important also. Yeah, because he's trusting it. He's not yeah. He's not hesitating. Because when, when you're coming off an injury like that, if you start hesitating and you don't trust this. Uh, you're hurting yourself hurt again. Again. Yeah. And, and like, uh, somebody pulled the clip of him not, be, not getting by uh, UD <laughs> on that. It's all, like, when you're playing a two-on-two like this and you're coming back from an injury, you're trying to get back in game shots. He's gonna take those that he's gonna need to hit that game fadeaway and stuff. He needs to hit that shot, but he's practicing that. Like that's not what you take from that. Like I know people want to make jokes, but I'm I'm excited for for Depot, man. I think Depot couldn't really. I've thought about it since last year, since it was rumored to, that they were gonna try to get him. Uh, I just think Depot unlocks something that he don't have. It was reported by Barry Jackson, Miami Herald, that he's expected possibly to come back by the end of February. Hell yeah. So obviously we're in the month of February. It's February 2nd right now. Um, I think he quoted Haslam in that story. I think someone else on the team too, basically saying that he looks a lot better than he did the last season. Um, he's practicing pretty much with the team now. So it's, he's no longer just doing individual drills. He's he's actually you know practicing when he can, obviously when the team has some off days and, and they're not just coming off a of back-to-back where they have like those random day offs and they don't really do anything in practice besides look at some film. So it, it seems like he's coming along a lot better than he did last year. Um, obviously, we got him like at the trade deadline last year. So if he comes back around the same time, I'm really curious to see what his impact looks like this season than he did last season when he came in around the same time, you know, last year. Because it's it's looking like he'll probably come around around the trade deadline, which and, you know, trade deadline is like February 10th this year. Mm-hmm. All Star breaks February 20. I want to say 23rd or 24th. So. You know, he's got some time to come back and, and he'll, he'll even have like a week of rest. So even if like he plays a couple games, he gets a week of rest with the all-star break. I think that might be good yeah. if they, they give him like two games maybe before the all-star break. So he can at least get some some game reps in. And then obviously he has that break, comes back, 
And then, you know, obviously you give him more minutes and who knows, maybe he'll eventually start if they do make a trade. If uh, Who knows what's going to happen in the trade deadline. I know there's a lot of discussion out there on the timeline. We'll get into that later, but <laughs> it is something to think about. Like if you, if you do see the old people that, you know, we think we can get, that's better than the old yeah. people we saw last year, who was already starting to begin with before he got yeah. injured in that Laker game. I don't know, man. I, and you know, you guys talked about hangover time, but like, it's kind of hard not to play that guy. <laughs> and the thing you got to remember too about last year, as amazing as he was on defense, he was also injured. And so what we saw and what we were impressed by, it wasn't even his full potential defensively. And so now you have, and he's not making up for Kendrick Nunn. Well, he didn't really play with Kendrick Nunn, but Tyler Hero's mistakes. It's going to be Kyle, him, Jimmy, Bam, and PJ. No. And so I don't know how you score on that. And now with him being fully healthy, like he hasn't, because I, I was critical of his efficiency, but it was due to injury a lot of time. And so now if he can come back and be a little more efficient, get around 43% from the field, I'm fine with. That'll unlock more on the offense. He can get to the basket, the little mid-range pull-up. He's a pretty good three-point shooter. I think he was at 40% last season, surprisingly. I did not know that, but... Man, he unlocks a whole bunch of stuff with this team. And now we're seeing the guys who helped a ton sort of petering out and going back to reality, whether that's from being on a scouting report or just adjusting to what they're going back to their old roles. He may come in and make some real noise. You shot 32% when he was with the Rockets from three last season, 23.5% to heat, but that was in four games. So he wasn't oh, yeah, great. He wasn't like a great, great three-point shooter. But the year before, he did shoot 36%, which... Honestly, yeah. for like for for like what he does, he's not obviously like a yeah. known three point shooter. But if he can get you above league average, which right now is like thirty three or thirty four percent, because everybody's pretty much yeah. in a shooting slump. So if he can shoot around thirty five, thirty six percent, that's pretty much exactly what Caleb Martin's giving you. And I think what Oladipo gives you more than what him is is he gives you that dribble penetration that they don't have really on this team outside of Jimmy. Yeah, obviously we saw Bam yesterday show a little bit of that. But I feel mm-hmm. like, and we'll talk about this probably right right after this conversation, but I think what we saw with Bam had more to do with what Toronto was doing on defense than more than what yeah. Bam was doing on offense. Yeah. Yeah. So, Frankie, I want you uh, to respond to that. So, uh, first off, on Depot, um, definitely brings uh, the, the ball handling, the pick and roll chops, uh, can play, make, and feed Bam, can, knows his spots. Uh, I, li- I like Kenny bringing up the efficiency. But uh, and and especially since Depot won't have to be an 18, 20 point per game score right. here, he can take the pressure off of Tyler. He can take pressure off Jimmy and Bam and Kyle too. Because uh, one of my biggest concerns has been in those uh, in the playoffs when Kyle, Kyle. We expect Kyle to play like thirty six plus, but those twelve minutes, how those 10, 12 minutes, how are we gonna look? What are we doing? What are we running? Like who's handling the offense? That's what we need to figure out. Because we, I, in an ideal world, Kyle is not playing forty minutes in the playoffs, unless like it's game seven, we absolutely have to, or something like that. Well, they like, gradually get there, don't they? Normally, in the playoffs, like the first two series, you don't play forty minutes right away. Obviously, unless right. like you really need to like come back from like a game six or seven right. or something like that, or you're trying not to like fall three one behind in a series or something like that. Right. And yeah, right, I can right. see them playing that many minutes, but ideally, you don't want them playing more than like maybe thirty four, thirty five, thirty six to begin the first round. Obviously, if Miami gets like the one or two seed and they get a favorable seven eight matchup you probably will want to rest as much as you can. I know there was, I think, a game 
was it game four in that bubble run against the Pacers? I don't even think Jimmy played that game in game four. Might so there's, there might be games like that if they're up in, in the early round of the playoffs where you want to try to get guys like Lowry, um, Bam, Jimmy, Russ, and who knows how many minutes they're going to be playing up until the end stretch of this regular season. Because obviously you see how close the one or six seeds are in the East. I kind of think that they might be trying to gun for one of those top two to three seeds so they can avoid a a possible Brooklyn and Milwaukee matchup in the second round if possible. If they can try to save one of those two teams, you know, towards the Eastern Conference Finals, hell, if they could just find a path where they only have to play one of them, even if they have to play them in the second round, but they just find a path where they only have to play one of those two teams, Mm -hmm. you know, in their bracket, I think that might um, push the heat to play a lot of these guys more minutes than they probably would like towards the end of the regular yeah. season. Yeah, but uh, the, my main point was just is just off when he's off the court, regardless oh, if, yeah. he's playing, if it's eight minutes, if it's 12 minutes he's not playing, they can't get blitzed. That that could be the difference in a game, difference in a series. It's the off-the-four off Kyle minutes. We, uh, we've we seen how they've, they've played well for the most part before this three-game stretch. They were, they were playing well. You know, you drop two close ones to Toronto – you win those two who get. Uh, you win one of those two versus Toronto. It's a different. We're not talking about trades as much. We're not. We're not as concerned. Um, you know, but th- they they still haven't really figured out the half court issue. And Eladivo can if he's healthy and available, and and if he has some of that pick and roll, like he he doesn't need to be a hundred percent. You can get eighty percent of Oladipo with what you already have with Kyle, uh, and that that could be the real difference in the, in the playoffs, like. You're not getting Kyrie at home for for Brooklyn. They're uh, KD and Harden are for, are both fragile. That they can get injured anyway. You have uh, Milwaukee still missing Brooke Lopez, and they're a completely different team without him. Yep. Like th- this thing is wide open. Like yeah, the Heat have holes, and they need to figure out those holes because they they can get exposed. Those holes that the Heat have right now can get exposed in the playoff round. But other teams have holes too, and and. Um, We'll talk about the trades and stuff, but internally, Oladipo can fix a lot of the problems that they have right now. Um, in turn, with what we were talking about about Lowry, here's actually another update because we just talked about Oladipo, but obviously Lowry's been out for the last almost three weeks um, for personal reasons. There's a tweet that our women posted, I think it was today. Yeah, today there was an update sort of on Lowry's status. So the word in Toronto from on Tuesday was that Kyle Lowry could be back soon with the Heat. He has been away for a family matter. Heat play Thursday in San Antonio, Saturday in Charlotte. So obviously he's here on a six-game road trip. Um, he'd have to fly out from wherever he's at. I have no idea where he's actually located. He might be in Philadelphia right now because mm-hmm. I think that's oh, where most of his right. family resides. Flapping. Breaking news. He just tweeted, Kyle, Jimmy, PJ, Caleb are all questionable for tomorrow. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow, that was like literally news on our actual podcast. That's pretty cool. Let me find that tweet then, because I didn't. I literally just searched Lowry like two seconds ago, so I did not <laughs> see that tweet pop up. And yeah, uh, the latest alert right now from the Heat. Let's get that up. Let's get that up. Let's see if you guys are right. I don't care about you, DK Nation. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, our one which just posted. Kyle Lowry upgraded questionable for Thursday in San Antonio. That's and pretty good news. Tickets. And typically with the Heat this season, when somebody's questionable, they end up playing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, he's not even hurt. So if he's questionable, yeah. it's, it's probably just yeah. make sure that he makes his flight. Because yeah. obviously yeah, there's a lot of flight not. delays with, with the, the snowstorm that's going through the country yeah, right now. So. And, he's, and the game's in Texas too. So, you know, could. We'll see if he could, can make the flight to get there. In time. 
But that's great Man. news. Uh, I mean, Kenny, this three-game losing streak. Miami mm-hmm. goes on this three-game losing streak for the second time this season. You're like seeing Lowry come back. Do you think part of the reason why he came back early is because Miami is now, you know, in a little bit of a skid? No, I don't. I don't think that. Um, and so, any personal reason somebody's out for that long, I'm sure something serious in basketball always going to come second. I think it may just be time for him to. He just wants to come back. I think he's just ready now, and it's great to see. I mean, I'm not the type to overreact to games anyway, and so the two the two Toronto games could have gone either way. So I'm not really concerned with that. The Boston game was a little embarrassing, but at the same time, you had no Kyle, no Jimmy, you had no playmaking, and so. Yeah. I think, yeah, and so I think Kyle understands that. I don't think there's any real concern. I don't think there's any real concern with that. Right. Yeah, and like, you know, I, I say about them need to figure out those minutes, but if Kyle, if for any reason Kyle goes down, Jimmy goes down, like, they're not winning. And that's the same, that's, yeah. that's true for most teams. If you lose one of your three best players, you're going to, it's going to be hard to win. If if the Bucks lose Drew Holiday, if the, yeah. If if Kyrie doesn't get vaccinated, it's a different story, you know. Like like we don't like all these teams have those question marks, and and the Heat's biggest question mark has been health, outside of their on the court stuff. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, and so that's what I wanted to say too. We can't live in constant fear with one of the better teams we've seen in years. Every like you said, every team has holes. Every team, obviously, if one of your one or two of your best players get injured, there's a problem. And so look, the point, the best thing you can do is just be good enough to contend for a championship and see what happens. Nobody had Phoenix in the finals last year before they got there. And so it's just you have to go ahead and you have to just see how things play out before you come to these conclusions. And just enjoy the moment. Yeah, just have fun. Like like there, there's uh, there's a time to be upset and pat and panicking. Uh, no, he's just old there sometimes. Blotter forty four because honestly, for the podcast audience, it doesn't doesn't know what's going on. We have a commenter <laughs> saying that Frankie's dog is taking a shit in the middle of our podcast. I don't know if that's true or not. Can you take a look? Uh, I can smell that he didn't. He think <laughs> he did not take a shit. He did not uh, Miami Heat in the playoffs last year. <laughs> And, but yeah, you can't live with that kind of concern twenty four seven. You can't shake things up after a three game losing streak. When and what I want to say too, you have to kind of pay attention to how these things end up happening. And so, for example, the first Toronto game, I've said this on air before. Nick Nurse and they're supposed to know each other's plays, and so they had to just let their most reliable scorer score. And so that was Jimmy for um, the Heat, and that was Gary Trent for Toronto. And we saw that, and we saw – that's when we first saw the um, people being upset about Bam's aggression. But you have Jimmy going like that. It's not the time for Bam to interrupt and try to get his. Jimmy – everything was going right which for Jimmy. He, was, he got us back into the game and kept us in the game the whole time. You didn't really need Bam to do that. And then last night you saw Toronto's game plan was stop Jimmy. And that opened things up for Bam. Those coast-to-coast dunks, nobody getting in the way. They're they're worried about Jimmy. Go ahead, Bam, try to beat us. That game plan worked. But we saw what Bam can do when given an opportunity. Most of his points come from being set up, which is not a bad thing. It's just the way the offense runs. Frankie, what was your biggest takeaway from Bam's performance last night? 
Um, that he can do it one on one, and he was doing it against really good athletic defenders. Um, the, a lot of Bam's problems have been that he's when he gets that mismatch, he hasn't been able to score inside. Um, I've said that Bam needs to utilize his speed a lot more mm-hmm. and, and and try to blow by guys. Uh, the problem is he doesn't have much shake to his handles yet. He uh, he needs to use a lot. He needs to work on on utilizing his jumper, uh, jab steps. Like Chris Bosh wasn't crossing people up. He was just picking his spots, utilizing the his skills that he does have, and uh, and getting to his his uh, shots like that. Watching Chris Bosh, watching uh, watching like KG, like how they attack in the front with the face up game. I think that's going to change a lot of things. Obviously, a lot of that was uh, the Raptors being selling out, uh, um, you know, trying to take away the shooting and not giving that that option and living with them scoring twos. Uh, but you know that it's still it's still a big thing for Bam to be able to just blow by guys from the three point line. A lot of those yeah. times, uh, the, like Kenny said about him uh, running in transition, getting easy uh, layups and free throws and stuff. That's something he's got to do a lot more of. Uh, the Heat need to look for him. Like it feels yeah. like I was the only guy who looks for him in some of those situations. But uh, when he runs down the court and gets those pick up those those easy mismatches and those free throws, like that, that's what we love to see. I wanted to bring this tweet up from Cooper Morehead. So he did kind of a breakdown with some of the film from last night's game, especially around uh, the fourth quarter when Aussie Mine was trying to make a run. I think they were, they brought it down to three um, when I think Toronto went up by almost eight or ten. Um, obviously they went on a, 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 another run with Gary Trent Jr. basically going just crazy shooting like isolation three after isolation three on PJ Tucker's face. But, um, his tweet was basically showing what the defensive scheme was for Toronto, which we've been basically saying, um, that they were going, you know, just, they're trying to basically cover the three point shooter so that Miami couldn't come back from that two or three possession lead at, at certain moments of the game. Obviously this right here is, is a screen cap from, you know, around the 740 minute mark. But you can see that you know, what Toronto is doing with swings. I understand why people get excited about games like the one Bam had last night, but it's important to note the reasons why they often happen. Look at how Toronto's space and floor, wide open lane for Bam to operate. Siakam on the weak block is the only help, and his man scores on the cut. In that so, possession, he gets a pass to P.J. Tucker on baseline. But uh, I have a, another screen capture we can go to. What was this one right so, here? Real, real quick, Brian, before you do that. So in I'll the go playoff, back. I'll go back first. Yeah. Okay. So, so that first screenshot, can you click it so you could so everyone could see it a little better? So you see where I think that's Scotty Barnes at the at the high post right there. Yeah. And that's OG right here. So you see the yeah. heat spacing with Struce and Butler in the playoffs. You Bam's going if Bam goes middle here, he that help is going to come right there because this that spacing is terrible. One guy can defend two, and if Bam tries to throw that up, OG is going to pick that and go. So that help is gonna is gonna come earlier and higher, and and that cut isn't even gonna matter. So that that's this is something where where the Heat offense they need to work on on their spacing, and this is it's been a problem with Jimmy and Bam where they kind of get in each other's way. Obviously, this isn't one of the situations, but in a in a playoff series, this is gonna get scouted, and if they make this kind of mistake, then it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, uh, points the other way. Yeah, I, I do want to say too. Um, we do have to be, we do have to credit Bam for taking advantage of this space also, yeah. and I mean it's not as simple as just throwing out ah he's got to be assertive. See, he was assertive. Look at the points. 
it is more about making reads also. And Alf had a great point. It is up to Ben to make these reads. Sometimes I understand he has the opportunity to score, but it's not necessarily him creating his own shot and having to do what it is people who demand him to do. It's just he has to make the reads and he has to take advantage of what he does get. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I saw from Bam last night is that he didn't seem like he was hesitating a, a lot like he usually does when he gets the ball in his hands. He kind of just yeah. read and react and he he put his head down and just tried to go as hard as he could to the paint. And a lot of those times, especially in the fast break, he was able to get and pretty much within three feet and he was able to dunk quite a few of those possessions you know, yeah. at times where I didn't think he was even able to get a shot off and he was able to just, you know, jump off one or two feet. And I felt like at certain points, oh, he might get a charge at this, at this specific moment. And it, it basically just an offensive foul the other way. But I think some of the things that we saw from Bram were things that we haven't seen a lot this season. I think some mm-hmm. of those some of those drives were kind of similar to what we saw in that Boston series. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing with Bam, and I think one of his one of his skill sets obviously is his speed. Yeah. The only thing is I wish Bam, and it's something that I've noticed a lot, especially like in that Boston game where he kind of just wasn't looking like himself. And obviously a lot of it is because a lot of people aren't helping him play make to get some of the easier yeah. shots that he, he could normally get. So a lot of these shots, as we mentioned before, are unassisted shots. He's, I think this is one of his, um, uh, pretty much from his entire career, This he obviously he's getting more shot attempts up, but a lot of these shots he's putting up, um, by far unassisted. So it's not helping his efficiency whatsoever. But in these situations where he has a clear path to the basket, he needs to take advantage of it every single time. Yeah. yeah. Because what yeah, happens yeah. is you get, you get the help defender in the lane and then you have a wide open corner, corner three to whoever's, whoever's in the corner, whether it's PJ Tucker. A lot or, of times like, PJ. Yeah. A lot of times PJ. And he can also slip those, those um, baseline plays and, you know, he can get, a comfortable floater or, or a reverse layup, you know, in the baseline or better yet. Like they, they have some, some possessions where they can kick out again, basically from the baseline. And then they have a wide open person, you know, on either wing. So mm-hmm. I think as, as long as they, that the heat can continue to try to figure out a way to, you know, kind of do a driving kick offense. Cause it's something that was working really well during that 30, 11 run with Dion yeah. and Goran. If we remember like that team, mm-hmm. Did not have a lot of great playmakers, but what they did do really well in that offense and what helped them, you know, during that entire winning streak for that second half of the season was they had the drive and kick offense going at at a remarkable rate. And obviously we know this team has three point shooters, probably one of the best three point shooting team that they've had in quite a few years. So if they could somehow use Jimmy and Bam as, as those kind of players where they're not just, you know, taking up the same spots down low where they can actually just drive and kick. And obviously it's going to be weird when Lowry comes back because then you don't know what Lowry's role is in those situations if he doesn't have the ball in his hands. But I, I think those are ways that you can kind of utilize Bam and Jimmy in, in ways that doesn't just rely on them having to take, you know, very contested shots at the end of possessions. Yeah, for sure. But to, in order to do uh, that drive and kick offense, which was one of my favorite years of watching the Heat offensively, from just a pure stylistic point of view, um, the the thing is was their decisiveness was that it was it was catch the ball, shoot, put it up, get or get a screen and go and go and go. Yeah. Like it's it was caught, kick it out. The next guy does the same thing. He's decisive. Jimmy likes to catch and hold. Yeah, and, and Jimmy likes to look for his spots and and, and slow the tempo down. And he and it, the the team doesn't play as well like that. And Bam has to get back to playing, like, has to play more off the ball uh, and, and get, like, pick and rolls in order to play like that again. When he's doing DHOs, 
the play, you know, the offense is not driving, kick, and go. It's read and react. And that's yeah. that's where the, the style has to adjust. And, and your two biggest stars have to make an, a big adjustment there. But I do think all in all, Kyle kind of fixes all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I I get the concern, but we do have, I'd say, still one of the better point guards in the league. and. Less of a dying breed, honestly. We we don't get too many Kyle Lowry type point guards anymore. It's usually shoot first, and so this like master facilitator that he is that helps his team perfectly. Now Jimmy doesn't have to do all this ball handling, also worry about scoring, also worry about being this amazing defender, and also rebound all these different things. Kyle takes a lot of that pressure off of them with his playmaking, with his defense, those hit ahead passes that we really miss right now. And so right now we can analyze this stuff and it is, they do have holes. We understand that. I think we've, I've seen criticism of us like saying, like ignoring the team's holes and that's not even true, but the team does have holes, but Kyle Lowry plugs a lot of them. And so I think at the end of the day, it'll be pretty fine. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan. I'm trying to pronounce your last name. If I get it wrong, I'm sorry. Ryan Sproverio. I hope I got that right. If I didn't, I'm sorry. Um, he's, he subbed for four months with Prime. Um, he said, thanks for all the great content. You guys are the best. I think we also had another sub- subscriber earlier in the show. Uh, yeah, um, let me pull that up. Oh, yeah. Only Glasses subbed again. I think this is his or her's 20th um, sub so far in this calendar month. So okay. shout out to Only Glasses, too. I know you've been subbing a lot on Hangover Time, so I appreciate the sub also on, on the Miami Heat Beat podcast because Obviously, we love we 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 got to spread the love. Can't just sub all in one show. We got to spread the love between all three uh, family brands. <laughs> and I, I got some numbers here to pull up that I pulled up from uh, cleaning the glass. Go for uh, it, real quick. Uh, just about Bam. Um, he's he's shooting in line mostly like with last year. Is uh, last year at the rim he shot seventy five percent. He's shooting seventy three percent. From uh, long mid-range, he's shooting 40% this year. He shot 41% last year. Not much difference. The, the biggest difference is the short mid ra- mid-range jumper, the 3 to 10. He yeah. shot 46% last year. He's shooting 35% this year. You figure he's, he's shot over 40% uh, from sh- 3 to 10 feet all, uh, every year besides his rookie year. You figure that to get corrected uh, over the long term, and then his efficiency numbers will be a lot better. And a lot of that has to do with his mid, his post ups. He's taking more post ups than ever. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm trying to pull up how, how many uh, post ups he's taken for the most part for this year compared to other years. But just from the eye test, he's taken his. I believe on Instat, uh, his post up was his the most action, um, his most play used play type. Uh, yeah. this year more than pick and rolls which is the opposite of what we want got a point yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's a little weird we don't you we don't use it enough part of that is also the availability they haven't uh that i i think i think it was something like uh jimmy jimmy kyle and bam haven't played in the same game in two months yeah that's uh, crazy so that's something uh you know bam's had to play without yeah. kyle kyle's had to play without bam i think that'll well, correct itself. if you think about it bam came back um Against that Raptors game at home. That's right when Kyle left. And that was right when Kyle, um, you know, what took his leave of absence for personal reasons. So, and Bam was already out for six weeks at that point. And um, now you're adding an extra, what, two and a half, almost three weeks. So, yeah, it's been 
yeah. probably almost longer than two months at this point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's crazy that we haven't seen this trio in such a long period of, of games and performance. And we're still number one seed up until what, two, yeah. two days ago. So mm-hmm. um, I think I do want, go ahead. And so I do want to say too about, I'm sorry to cut you off. I do want to say too about Bam's post-ups. We do have to be a little patient about his efficiency with that, because like Frankie said, he is pretty new to it. Mm-hmm. And that's not a play style players really grow up playing anymore. And so, yeah, while there, it is frustrating and it is easy to say you're 6'9", you have a guard and just post him up, turn around and score. It sounds easy, but Bam's a 24-year-old freak athlete. He's never had to post up before until now. And, I mean, LeBron didn't really know how to post up until he was 26, 27. And so I think we do have to be a little patient with Bam as far as that goes. He's, he's, gonna, he's getting his reps. He's going to get it together. We just have to be a little patient with it. Exactly. You got to take some of the growing pains. Like yeah. you, you see even Tyler. Tyler's got off to a blistering start. He's come back down to earth a lot. He's being scouted better. He's being defended differently. And he's, and he's struggling lately. Tyler will get get through that. He will fix that. He's a good player. He's uh, smart and super talented. They, these guys. This is what happens when you have young guys. There's gonna yeah. there's gonna be some uh, growing pains, and you know it sucks because we're your, your point guard is 36 year, 35, 36 years old. Your best player is thirty <laughs> is over thirty two. Like you need to like like you're trying to win now, but your yeah. two most important players besides Depot. <laughs> Um, they need to they they need to grow and get through some of this stuff. Then and that's that's part of this team. Like this team is built this way, and we'll talk about uh, the elephant in the room. And uh, but you know, like I don't think there's anything out there externally that's gonna make the difference right now. And and, and so too with um with Bam and Tyler's um development. That's why they have the roles they have. That's why Tyler's coming off the bench, and that's why they're not rolling the ball out to Bam and saying, give us 30, take 17 shots. They have the development to do, but they are great at what they do right now, and they contribute a ton. And so as of right now, that's what they do. That's what they're going to contribute to winning. You don't want to go overboard and end up messing the team up. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next topic. Although I do want to mention this comic because I think it's funny. Basically, uh, <laughs> Kai, Kai Ayu, I don't know, Kai Ayu, um, said Kenny Bam will be LeBron paraphrased. <laughs> hey, I mean, 6'9", 250, playmaker, athletic, you never know. Never know. You, you know, you know, but <laughs> hey, I'm here to push agendas. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com all right, so our next topic I think we're going to go to is I think we're going to talk about some trades because obviously trade deadline is what in a week, eight days from now. Yeah, it's eight days from now. Yeah. So, listen, I can go on a whole rant about it. I don't know if I want I to or not. Stress. I'm thinking about it. I'll think about it if I want to go on a rant or not. Uh, if I'll, it comes out, it comes out. Um, but I do want to go over some things that I see on the time a lot between Heat fans. There's one player in particular that just they really want. Obviously, there was some news today with Bradley Beal. I don't even know if it's news anymore because at this point, I don't even think he ever wants to leave Washington. The report <laughs> that I saw today, of the first report I saw today is that Washington's looking to trade for both DeMontis Sabonis, and then they're also looking to trade for um, the guy from Pistons. What's his name? Um, no, Jer- the, oh, Jeremy Grant. Grant. Oh, oh, Pistons. He's, oh, my bad. Yeah, so... I guess they're trying to add like uh, basically another player that they could add to kind of swing Bradley Beal to sign his extension this summer because he's up for the Supermax contract. He's a free agent basically if he opts out, but he also is eligible to sign a Supermax with um, Washington. So, he <sighs> <laughs> fans think that he's really available. I don't even believe it, but if he was, I did the math today. I'm not going to name names, but someone said that the Heat can make a trade for Bradley Beal that doesn't include their three big guys, their three big salaries. So obviously we're not talking about Duncan. We're not talking about Tyler. Those are pretty much given, I think, if they ever had to make this trade. But the, the three guys that people don't want to trade, I think are only three contracts <laughs> that, that need to be used in order to make this trade, even, even like entertaining the thought that they can make a deal right now this season because they're hard capped. Let's not forget this team is hard capped. Yep. Meaning that they cannot go six million over the luxury tax. Right now, they're they're barely under five hundred thousand as is under the luxury tax. So you're talking that they're they have maybe wiggle room of like six point five million if they decide to go over luxury tax. That's that's first and foremost. I don't even know if McIrson even wants to go over luxury tax this season whatsoever. But let's say they they did. Here's what would happen, and I'm going to get this um, PowerPoint up that I was working on this this afternoon. Actually, then you close the tweets. But basically, I did the math on what it would cost for Miami in terms of salary. What would it take if they decided to trade none of the three superstars or three stars that are on this team? And I'm talking about Bam, 
um, Jimmy and uh, Lowry. So let's get this up. <laughs> and I need to switch back to mutter screen. You can tell I haven't produced as much as I probably should. It's all right. You're rusty. All right. So on my screen, um, we got the spreadsheet. If you can't see too much, um, I'm sorry, but I'll read it to you. But it's the best I can probably do right now because it's really, it's crammed in. There's a lot of information crammed in. So at the very top, I, I basically just made the trade happen already. I, I was able to make it work on Trade Machine. So Trade Machine deal, I could probably get this up too, actually. Let me actually do that. I'm going I'm to switch between the screen. And I'm going to go back and forth. So on Trade Machine, the package that I think would have to work, and it's not even a great package to be honest, but let, let's just, hypothetically speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Hypothetically speaking, say the Heat decide they want to trade for Bradley Beal. And, like, and they call Washington and tell me, hey, um, you know, I want to make a trade for Bradley Beal, but you know, the only players I want to trade are, are none of the top three guys that I have, none, you know, none of the guys that might be on the All-Star team this year. So what's Washington going to ask for? <sighs> Let me try to get this yeah, up again. <laughs> I had it up. For All sure right. it's Tyler. For sure it's Tyler. And then for sure it's Tyler, for sure it's Duncan. The other two contracts are going to have to be PJ for sure. PJ has a $7 million salary that basically needs to be used in order to make salaries match. And then the last thread in the ad is basically just whatever minimum salary guy that they have. That's the minimum they can do in order to make this trade work. So you're talking about a four for one trade, which basically never really happens in the NBA, unless you're, you're talking about a multi-team trade, which at that point, then you're, you're asking for a lot more than just a simple straight up one for one, you know, like a, a two team trade. When, you, when you're going into three teams and stuff like that, especially when you're going with guys like Casey Akala, who you have to salary dump to some team because I don't think Washington really wants him. The only two players they really want in this trade, I think, if I'm Washington, is Duncan and Tyler. And they might even not even want Duncan. They probably just want Tyler. Yeah. So let's just say, like, we just need the salaries to match, first and foremost. They're not, PJ Tucker's not going to want to stay in Washington. So we have to find a trade team. We have, we have to basically find a, a, a team that would want PJ unless they want to buy him out. So that's first and foremost. The second part is Casey Apollo. I don't think he's even a valuable asset right now to trade, and and they kind of need his salary because he has the highest minimum salary of anyone else on this team. Um, basically, anyone else that's that's below him is making uh, about almost two hundred thousand dollars less than him. And when I get to the numbers of how tight these numbers are going to work in order to trade just these guys in order to bring Beal in, it's it's very tight. Like it's not it's not a pretty move, and. In fact, I don't think I would ever make this trade because you can't replace PJ in any of the, the snares that I have. But the snare I do want to show, and I'll have to stop sharing that for a second, get this next slide up. And I'm sure, like, real quick, Brian, while you work on that, uh, uh, I'm sure, like, another team, another fan, like somebody who really is horny to trade Duncan uh, and horny for Beal, like, like, first of all, Beal has been flirting with other teams and never fucking wants to go anywhere. He's been about his money. He get he gets can get one more year. It's sixty million dollars more by re-upping with the Wizards. That's a big fucking difference in uh, in one year. I'm not even talking about any of that, but yes, that is a yeah. great point. And and it's something that I don't think Beal's ready to give up right now. Right. And it's and not something Miami could gain if they make a trade for him. It's not like getting bird rights 
Or sure, yeah. yeah, they can re-sign him over the, over the salary cap. And that's that's fine. And, and Danny and on, yeah, that's something that could help them if they do want to make that trade work. Because obviously, right. if they if they don't have his bird rights, they can't go over the salary cap to re-sign him. So yeah, they really wanted to get. They couldn't just go out and get him in free agency like as a free agent straight up. They would have to do a sign trade again. And at that point, you still can't go over the hard cap. I mean, it depends what they want to do with the rest of the roster. But you have guys like Caleb. You have guys like Deadman. And potential other guys that might be up for extensions that you want to probably try to retain. I don't know. It depends on how good they are in the postseason, what Raleigh wants to do in the offseason. But just hypothetically speak, just for this year, and I'm not even talking about the future, but just for this season, this is what it's going to have to take um, in order to bring him in. So I have it right here at the top. So in order, I have it structured by, by, the, by their salaries. So very top, Jamie's still the highest paid player on the team. You got Bradley Beal at $33.7 million, each your second highest. You got Bam and Kyle. Those are your big salaries. Those are your top four salaries. 36, 33 million, 28, 26.9 million for Kyle. Everybody else is on a veteran minimum contract. That's pretty much fucking unheard of. But just hypothetically speaking, this is what's going to have to happen. You got Deadman making the minimum. You got Gay making the minimum. You got Marquise making the minimum. You got Max making the minimum. You got Old Depot making the minimum. You got Haslam. And Garrett Seven's making a little bit less than the minimum because he is um, he has less than two years of NBA experience. He's on a he's on a debt minimum contract, but it's scaled to just a one year experience player. That's why he's at one point four. I showed you earlier, Casey was making more than one point six. He was making just about one point eight. That's in this situation. That's like one hundred fifty thousand dollars that that adds up dollar per dollar when they have to basically factor in what needs to come next because. Sure, you can trade those players, those four for one. Like, say they can figure out a way to get these players on two separate teams and they don't take back any salary. They don't take out anyone else but Bradley Beal. So it's just one player that they're bringing back. What's going to have to happen is they're going to have to sign at least 13 guys to the roster <laughs> because that's NBA rules. And, and it's only 13 guys for two weeks. After two weeks, you have to add a 14th player to your roster. That is NBA rules per their salary. <laughs> Um, CBA, their CBA, not salary CBA, just the CBA. So Jesus. the only contracts they can give out, they can't sign anybody to any exception money, none, none of that shit. The only thing they can do is sign them to a prorated veteran minimum contract. Obviously, Keelan Martin is going to get one. Right now, he's scheduled to get one in March 25th. That is the date that Miami could give him his, um, his basically his contract to play in the playoffs this season. And who knows if they want to negotiate an extension now, but it, it probably won't happen until free agency next year as a restricted free agent. But just to keep him on the playoff roster, they're going to have to convert him from a two-way contract over into a standard NBA uh, minimum contract. What they can do is convert him to a prorated veteran minimum. He doesn't have to negotiate that. Miami can just do it outright, and he's on the team still. So that's good for Miami. Um, in order to do that, um, if they make that trade by the deadline, it's February 10th is the deadline. So they need to make this 13-man roster happen right away. They can't just like wait until after the All-Star break or some shit like that. No, they need to do it like that day. Like they need to come up with a plan. Hey, NBA, we're making this trade. Sure, we're going to be under the salary cap. Um, and we're also not going to have the minimum rosters, but we have a plan. We're going to bring this guy who was a two-way contract over on, onto our main roster. So that's fine. You can add him in. If, he had, if you sign him on February 10th, he's basically eligible to, to get the prorated minimum for 60 days out of the 174 calendar days in the NBA season. That's $575,580. Cool. So you can bring him in. Your next guy would have to be whoever the fuck they can find that wants to sign a prorated minimum contract that would either want to sign a 10-day, which I think would be more likely in this scenario, Mario. or if they really find somebody that they really want to keep, 
who knows? Maybe Goran Dragic is a buyout candidate by then, and then he's he's been traded, and 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 he's also been bought up by the other team that gets traded. Maybe he wants to come back. Say it's Goran. Sure, he could sign a prorated minimum contract, same amount of money as Caleb. Um, whether it be a February 10th signing for 60 days of 174 calendar year days, obviously if it's a 10 day, say it's Chris Silva, for instance, because obviously he's getting fucking 10 days left and right every single day now. <laughs> if he gets a, another 10 day contract, but this time he's on the main roster for those 10 days, then he is eligible to actually get the $95,930 on here, which actually is not helpful for the Heat at all. And I'll get to why in a second. But I don't think it would be Chris Silva, but it could be. But I, my, my opinion, I don't think it would be. Um, and then I, I haven't even got to the last part, but the last part is I told you that they have to sign somebody after two weeks because this, this scenario so far, I've only gone to 13 players. And this is what they have to do, basically. Day one, they make this trade for Bradley Beal. So two weeks later, they still have to find someone else to bring onto this roster or else they, they, they're kind of, they can't you know, basically continue playing. They need to find somebody that they can bring off the street and sign onto the team. So another two weeks, they got to do the same exact fucking thing. But this time, that prorated veteran minimum gets a little cheaper. It ends up being $441,277. Why? Because instead of, you know, playing for, uh, let's see, instead of playing six, 60 days out of the 174 calendar days that you're paying him, you're only paying him for 46. And what helps a lot is that it's also during the all-star break during that time. So I even made a note on here. If they did make that, um, they would only be missing about four games without a, a, a 14th man on the roster. And obviously, you still have two-way contracts that you could sign. So if they convert Caleb, they can sign a two-way guy. That doesn't impact your salary cap whatsoever. But just putting it out there, like it, it's, it's not a pretty look. <laughs> now, and, that, and, and, that, and I haven't even finished. Like, just because I laid this out this way, it's not even feasible still under the salary cap because I'm still $43,000 over the hard cap. So... This is where plan B actually has to kick in. The only way to make this work, and you can still sign these guys to prorated veteran minimums, you have to sign that 10-day. And the only 10-day that you can sign has to be two straight 10 days to a player that's basically played zero years in the NBA. And they make $53,176. So basically a player like Marcus Garrett, who hasn't played a full NBA season, <laughs> if they wanted to, they could sign him, even though he's fucking hurt. He had, he had season-ending surgery. They could sign him today if they wanted to and basically pay him two weeks to basically do, or 20 days, 20 NBA calendar days to do nothing. And they could make the money work under the hard cap, still be over the luxury tax, but they're under the hard cap. And they could make the trade for Bradley Beal, but then you're, you're stuck with, you know, a, a, a player that's not going to play for you for 20 days because I, I mean, unless they find someone from their G league, they really want to bring up that hasn't played any NBA games. So it can't be Mario Chalmers. It's going to be somebody that's never played a full NBA season. Um, they make 53,000 for those, each of those two 10 day contracts. So over $106,000 still end up making. And then, then they sign that player prorated till the end of the season. And then they'll, they'll literally be like a couple thousand dollars under the hard cap. And that's it. That's your team. Your team is basically Jimmy, Bradley, Bam, Kyle. You don't really have a, a four at this point unless you're counting a Markeith to be healthy and start at the four. Or you're going to put <laughs> nice. Caleb as your starting four from, from now on. Um, and then you got Gabe. Obviously, he's good still. Max, you got Victor off the bench. Possibly, I don't know if he wants to start or not, but he can probably start. Maybe put Jimmy at the four. Who knows what their lineup would look like? And then you still have Omer Yurtsevin, and then Haslam's never going to play, but he's still on your team too. And then you got you got you got the 
these veteran minimum guys that you have no idea if they're going to be good or not, depending on what they, what they could find in such a short amount of time. Because you're talking, they have to find somebody right away within that trade. And then they have to find somebody, you know, within two weeks or you had those two weeks and then 20 calendar days. If, so maybe in like four weeks, they can find somebody else and that they really want to bring in. And by the time, who knows, there might be a buyout candidate. But also, but, but to note, you have to find somebody that isn't waived. Uh, I think it's March 1st or something like There's a timeline where if a player gets waived after March, I don't want to say it's March 1st or March 15, they're not eligible to, make the, to, to be on your playoff team. So they got to find somebody that's also not like just wave last minute. Oh, he's a buyout candidate, but oh, he's also not going to be eligible for the playoffs. So it's also something you have to consider. So I, I, I do have to go ahead and I have to... <sighs> Because I didn't know people did the Bradley Bill thing a fucking game today. Because I, I just tune out trade talk now. Just all you have to do, and Brian's 100% right, and I'm really glad he laid that out. But to everybody else, all you have to do is pay attention. The Wizards just said fucking yesterday that Bradley Bill is not available. They're looking to move Spencer Dinwiddie. That's why the level of player is the Montes Sabonis. Why are we still doing the Bradley Bill thing? We've been doing this since he was with John Wall. <laughs> he had way more of a reason to go, want to go somewhere back then. He wasn't the man, quote unquote. On top of that, Bradley Bill is having a horrible fucking year. On top of that, the Wizards have to agree to a trade. On top of that, you have to make the salary work, which Brian just showed is not possible. It's possible. It's not, it's not, it's not a favorable, like that team is not going to get you that far. If you don't have, if you don't have a starting four next to Bam and you have Bradley Beal, who's a shitty ass defender. Sure. He's a three level scorer. I'm I'm happy for you that you got your three level score. (laughs) Okay. What's going to happen when you're on the playoffs and you got to switch onto Kevin Durant and your four man is basically what Marquise Morris with a bad injured back because they don't have anyone else on the roster. And like, so again, back to the point of paying attention, (laughs) you've been complaining about Jimmy Butler in fourth quarters all season. And you want Bradley Beal. Watch a Wizards game. This dude disappears every fourth quarter. That's why the record's like that. People are blaming Spencer Dinwiddie and sure he hasn't been up to par they're blaming Montrez, who's been okay. They're blaming, they're blaming um, Kuzma, who's actually been pretty great this year. Bradley Bill is not closing games. That's why they've been losing all these fucking years. They haven't had great teams, sure. Their star player hasn't been closing games. That's why he's been on the bench looking sad as fuck with his 50 points. He's getting that shit in the first three quarters and disappearing. Let's get over this already. Can not be- to mention now, I'm going to respond to Carly Tiana real quick because she's asking. So Beal's not playing tonight against the Sixers because because he's hurt with wrist injury. So you're also training for someone that's already hurt. He's had a very poor shooting season from three. Overall, oh. his efficiency numbers are, are completely down. He has a, probably a better roster than he did the last two seasons when he was off scoring 30 points per game. But he's he's hurt with a wrist injury. You need the shooting if you're trading Duncan. PJ, the pretty much the best three-point shooter right now per percentage-wise, and Tyler, and you're trading him for a guy that's not even shooting that well this season? Good fucking luck. 
So you're gonna you're gonna give up your whole team for a dude who's not shooting well because you're upset at a dude who's not shooting well because he's making 15 million a year, and you have to add all that bullshit to the trade to make that 15 million work, and that doesn't tell you that 15 million is not a lot of money in the first place. What the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we still talking about this? Why are we still doing a Bradley Bill thing after all these years? It's not possible. He does not want to. He's not leaving $60 million on the table. And then not not to mention anything else, but you're expecting Mickey Harrison to now start paying the repair tax two seasons earlier than he probably was planning to. Because they're trying to avoid the luxury tax this season. They're set up to. They're perfectly set up to avoid luxury tax this season. And even next season, I think. Because the salary cap is going up. I believe it's going up an extra 6%. I did the math. Uh, I'm not going to pull it up. It's on my phone in my notes somewhere. I'll tweet it out later if you want to see it on my on my uh, Twitter feed. But just just putting it out there, the Heat are basically positioned not to pay luxury tax this season and next season until Tyler's extension kicks in two years from now. When this number goes point. up, whatever he gets signed to, that's when Miami, that's when that clock starts, when they start paying the luxury tax. And if they're a luxury tax team, I believe three of the four NBA seasons that they're they're playing basically towards the end of Jimmy's contract because he's going to get paid a shit ton of money. And that's pretty much the last season of both um, Kyle and I think Bam's contract is also at that point. Yeah, they're going to be repeated tax teams. And that's also in the same fucking summer that they want to go after guys like Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell. And, 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 and at some point when having these conversations, when you realize there's no way the other team is going to say yes, leave the conversation alone. The Wizards, you think the Wizards are giving up their best player, I'll say it, since Gilbert Arenas, and Gilbert Arenas didn't have as long of a run. You think they're giving him up to rebuild. That would be the whole reason they give him up, because they want to rebuild. And the return you think they want is 36-year-old P.J. Tucker? What are we talking about? What are Tyler's we talking the only, about? Tyler is pretty much the only guy, and they don't even have, I mean, they have picks they could send, but they have to work a trade still with, with Oklahoma City to remove the protections. So who knows what Oklahoma is like if Oklahoma City finds out, hey, we need to send these first round picks to Washington. You know, Oklahoma City is going to try to fuck Pat Riley in the ass because they want to go after Bradley Beal. And Bradley and the Wizards are one of the worst teams in the league with Bradley Beal. So why do they have to give him up to rebuild? No. And what are we doing? What are we doing? And and Kenny brought up a point I wanted to make that P.J. They don't they're not going to want P.J. They're not going to want Duncan Robinson. So you're going to have to flip those guys to other teams and expand this trade. That's not going to happen. That's too elaborate of a trade. That's going to be a three, four team trade like Brian brought up. And it's going to, it's going to take too long. You're not going to get to the deadline. So Bradley Beal isn't happening. We've established it. Bradley the only Beal way it's happening. I, I've said this already. The only way you're getting any of these, these guys that are all-stars, three-level scorers, any three-level score is an all-star basically because there's no three-level score that isn't an all-star. Yeah. Right? Can we, so the only way it's going to happen is you have to trade – Either Bam, Jimmy, or Lowry. Who are you trading out of those three? And they they brought the Heat brought in PJ Tucker specifically to win. What the fuck has Bradley Bill ever won? Yeah. What does he ever want? With John Wall, they had good teams. We're not gonna sit here and pretend just because the Wizards are in a bad market that they've always had bad teams. Yeah. They've had solid rosters. What has Bradley Bill ever won? Has Bradley Bill ever been out of the first round, matter of fact? Probably not. I don't think Probably so. not. So they're going to give up P.J. Tucker, who's coming right off of a championship, who fits the team perfectly, who fits the culture, who's leading the league in three-point percentage, who's one of the best defenders in the league, who's the perfect defender, the exact type of defender they want, who 
can guard one through five, some will can switch everything. You're going to trade that for Bradley Beal because he scores a lot of points. Not in the fourth quarter. Remember that. Like I said, you're mad at Jimmy Butler, who's not bad in fourth quarter, but he makes a couple of bad plays. And now uh, get the ball out of his hands. Give it to Bam, who hasn't proven a fucking thing as far as taking games over. He's done that shit three to five times in his whole career. So you want to give all that up. You want to give all that up for Bradley Bill because he scores points. And what else? And what else? We just had, we just saw what happens with the point of attack. We just saw what the team looks like with guards who can't defend. And you bring in one of the worst guard defenders in the league because he scores a lot of points. But you don't watch Wizards games. So you don't understand when those points are coming. You, you, don't, you don't know when those points are coming. They're not coming in fourth quarters in crunch time. That, that, that Raptors game, that Boston game, the Raptors game before that, that you're so mad about and you're questioning the team about, Bradley Bill doesn't do a fucking thing about. Bradley Bill is shooting 28% from three in the third, fourth quarters, 27 in the third, 26 in the second. He's only shooting 37% in the first quarter. <laughs> he does not help. What is this fucking obsession with him after he said time and time again that he's not leaving Washington? Exactly. And and so let's talk about the other trades. So Duncan Robinson, 84th highest salary in the league. 84th. He's making fucking a million thousand dollars according to he Twitter. 84th in the league. Let's talk about we do a one for one. Let's talk about the guys in his range. We got uh, right around there, Thaddeus Young. We let's yikes, like yikes, Thaddeus Young. Oh, oh, no, we don't like Thaddeus Young. Let's go Patrick Beverly. Oh, Patrick Beverly's not good enough. Let's go Marcus Smart. Oh, Marcus Smart is gonna has a longer contract and makes more money than Duncan Robinson is gonna make. Oh, that's not gonna, That's probably not gonna happen. He doesn't have the shooting. Oh, uh, Malik Beasley. You really want to deal, deal with Malik Beasley? Oh, not gonna happen. He just got out of fucking prison. Yeah. He's- <laughs> Dorian I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> Dorian Prince. Exactly. Derek White. Derek White. That would be a fun pickup. Spurs aren't going to do that. Will Barton. They're not going to do that. That doesn't make sense. They're not going to do that. They're going to win now. DeJounte Murray. They're not going to do that. Norman Powell. They're not going to do that. Marcus Morris. All right. That's been, been one of the favorite rumors. If Marcus Morris is available, everybody, we're going to get out bid for Duncan Robinson and picks. We barely have picks to go. <laughs> And we're, are we going to fucking sell out for Marcus Morris? Marcus Morris <laughs> helps the team because he's a two-way guy and he and he's a good shooter and he can uh, play the four role if you need to move. And, 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 we, we literally have we literally have Marcus Morris at home, but for less money and better. <laughs> like, oh, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't know about better, but. At least for his value, what he's yeah. being paid for, yes, it's better and, in terms of and, like and, the value. Let's go, because because I've, I've been I've been seeing I've been seeing. Okay, we got to go ahead and we got to we may be able to get rid of KZ and Mar- KZ, KZ and Markeith. Markeith hasn't played since he suffered a spinal cord injury. Who is touching that? It's a whiplash injury, but it's not. I, yeah, I but it's, <laughs> and, and what are we in the Christian Wood stuff? So when you're so horny for trades that you want to trade Tyler or whatever the case is, your point is, oh, we can't, we can't waste Jimmy's window. We can't develop a guy. We can't worry about Tyler was a head case because he hung out with his girlfriend. But Christian Wood's going crazy every other night. And he's cool. We got time to develop Christian Wood, who doesn't play defense worth shit. But but when you want to trade Tyler, it's we can't waste Jimmy's window. What are these people talking about? The math's not mathing. 
What are these people talking about? It's it's ridiculous. Like, like, look, it's okay to look for a trade and, and to want to your team to be better. And if there's a trade available, yeah, the Heat should try to improve the team, of course. But these trades and these hyper like this obsession with trading Duncan for something that's not gonna make the team gonna bear you're gonna go all in on making the team slightly better. Slight, a slight change on that, so you could stop. I like. We all know Duncan's not going to finish his career, his contract with the Heat, because it doesn't make sense. Because Tyler's due for an extension soon. Yeah, like maybe they go, they go in for a Bradley Beal or something else. But like Brian pointed out, you're paying minimum for your fifth starter at that point, and the rest of your roster is all minimum players, and and you're trying to win with that. Jimmy's playing 55, 65 games at most for the rest of his career, guys. And we've seen this team can't even get their three their three top players to play more than what ten games so far this season. They haven't even and played gonna, in the last gonna, two months, and, gonna, and you're expecting all four of these guys to basically play every night because God forbid we have to fucking rely on everyone else on this roster to cover up for that. <laughs> <laughs> for not having PJ Tucker and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson on the floor, and, to, and, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Brian. And to the people no, who who use their weird ass Duncan obsession, and they try to make this excuse of they have to pay Tyler later. I've been watching Miami Heat basketball for a long time. For the people who don't know my origin story with the Heat, the Heat came over and did community work at my preschool. That's when I became a Heat fan. I've been watching a lot of Heat basketball in my whole life, right? In the past 20 years, the Heat have been a bad team twice. Twice. So there was that little era. They got Karamba, then they got, then they got D-Wade. So in the past 20 years, in 2002, they were bad. Or 2003, they drafted D-Wade, playoff team. D-Wade got hurt in 08, playoff team, or at least fringe playoff a couple of years after that. Why are we so concerned about what this team is going to do in the future? They're not going to be bad. As long as Pat Roddy and Andy Ellisberger are in the front office, they're not going to be bad. Just relax with the fucking trade shit. They're, they're title contenders right now. If they do make a trade, Brian just showed there's nothing really available. But if they manage to work some miracle. The superstar right. is not available realistically for a C team. The only thing that they can make trade is maybe if they want to move Duncan's contract for whatever – they think they could get for him at this point. Cause I know they looked into Laurie Markinen, but I think it was just to see what his, his, his market value looks like right now yeah. uh, across the league. It's not because they wanted Laurie Markinen. just want to see, cause he has a very similar contract, except his contract ends one year sooner. So it helps in terms of, you know, paying luxury tax in the future or getting off and expiring, you know, one year sooner. So I think that's the only reason why they even looked into Laurie Markinen, not because they really wanted him, but because, Hey, he happens to have a contract that ends sooner. Same with Christian Wood. Who knows if they really want Christian Wood? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But it's the same contract situation that they were looking at a contract that looked like, hey, it seems like the same range as Duncan Robinson. Would you be interested if we trade Duncan Robinson for his contract, even though he's, his ends one year sooner than and the guy that we're trying to trade you that doesn't end one year sooner? So yeah, you get to pay more money for an extra season for a guy you probably don't even want in your team to begin with. And, and, and like, let's, let's talk about the basketball. Those guys, the, the, besides Morris, I've seen Laurie Markkinen. And, uh, and, and Christian Wood the most. We have a problem with Jimmy and Bam getting in each other's way, so we're going to throw in another big man that, that needs a lot of playing time and minutes to get in the, the, the ball inside. They could stretch the floor, but... Yeah, but they also... Are we just going to make them spot-up guys? Not that and, point. I mean, Duncan Robinson's also a spot-up shooter, too, so, like, what's the rule really going to be? Like, you, 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 you have to move. You... We just said earlier, 
Bam, Jimmy, and Kyle haven't played together in two months. A team is struggling with injury, and your solution to that is Laurie Marketing. Pay attention to the league, please. Ira says, Ira says that Kyle Lowry is in San Antonio with the Heat. So he's playing. That's the solution. If, if, he, if he traveled, he's you know, playing. You know what the solution is, guys? And I'm on the show here. The solution is you get Kyle Lowry back, you give Victor Oladipo back, and Jimmy Butler doesn't have to do everything he wants in the fourth quarter because uh, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. He can, he can do other things. Exactly. And, and just, if he don't fucking win this season – Oh well, they'll win sometime soon. They're fucking playing well. They're get they have the right guys in, in, in charge. They have some pieces here. They're going to try to win it. If they get if oh my god, Kyle Lowry gets hurt and we we don't win. Is are you guys gonna be coming back to this fucking conversation? Oh, should have traded Duncan Robinson. Like this fucking obsession with these trades, like and going all just, they're trying to fucking win. They just haven't been healthy. If they if if they're not healthy, they're not winning shit. And so, and just, and just like pit, like these, when these reports come out, look at where they're coming from and have a fucking mind of your own, right? And so, when it was, oh, bam, wait, stop everything, stop the presses, Giannis is coming to Miami. When we had just established that Giannis and Bam have the same agent and they're his only two clients. So when those three people didn't get in the room and decide, hey, let's all make less money. Instead of looking at ourselves like, hey, maybe that's a little ridiculous of a thing to believe. It's actually Nicole's it's actually Nicole Moss's fault for two years. <laughs> no, think for yourself. The shit wasn't about to happen. It wasn't about to happen. So this stuff from now is not about to happen. These Christian Wood reports came from Houston. Why would Houston not say Miami wants this guy to get his value up? If Miami wants a guy, and when they said that, by the way, Caleb Martin was looking like fucking Jimmy Butler. And so, yeah, if if I work for a front office on another team, I'm going to lie and spread it around the league and say Miami wants this guy because it's going to look like this shit has diamonds in it. Please come take him. That that's that's what that's what's gonna happen. That's what keeps happening. That's what people keep fucking falling for. And this and this watch this stuff. Like I said, one day they said we need to get rid of Spencer Dinwiddie. The second day they said, hey, everybody's available, but not Bradley Beal. The third day they said, hey, we may be interested in Demontis Sabonis. And at some point, Heat fans heard, hey, that gets Bradley Beal to Miami. What the fuck, <laughs> Reed? Read. Just read what you're looking at, please. And stop annoying us with the shit, because come on. None of it makes sense, and it's just, it's it's frustrating because of the level of stupidity, just in general, my biggest pet peeve is stupidity. And just, just being willfully stupid at this point. Yeah. And, and I, I'm, I'm loving uh, Ryan says in the chat, Keith and KZ for a warm body makes sense for me. The Heat fans are obsessed with making trades that make sense for Heat. But doesn't make sense for the other fucking team. Like, oh, obsessed with that shit. Like, oh, I complain about Duncan Robinson fucking 82 games out of 82 games. But every fucking team is gonna fucking trade me their fifth, their their leading scorer for this guy. Like, think about it, guys. They don't they don't have trades to attach. You're horny for your seven. You might have to attach him to get to to make that Duncan trade a little bit more. Uh, 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 feasible for enticing, yeah, yeah, enticing, and um, like that's just not realistic, guys. And shit, I mean, 
uh, we talk about trades and, and shit that happens every year. There's always a trade that we're like, oh, shit, I didn't see coming. Maybe maybe Andy and, and Pat pull something out of their ass. But we got no control over that shit. <laughs> the team is playing well for the most part. Lowry's about to come back. They're going to get their shit together. Let's fucking focus on having a fucking good team for once. And, and, and people's favorite thing in a world to bring up, right, is, oh, but just because they have a good team doesn't mean they won't make a trade. They did it going into 06. Yeah, I remember 06. I was 14 years old. I loved that 05 team. That was possible because they traded. They had a really good team. They made the conference finals, and they traded for a bunch of guys that a bunch of teams thought was too old to contribute. That's why they were able to do that. Pat Roddy knew better. Um, Shaq and Gary Payton's um, history from the Lakers helped that happen. He, Gary Payton wanted to come out of here. Gary Payton was actually about to retire. Shaq knew Gary Payton had something left in the tank. That relationship brought him over here. Stop bringing up 06. Just stop. And, and, that, was, that, was, that was the biggest trade in NBA history. It's not going to fucking happen again. And at the deadline. That shit happened in the offseason. Maybe something happened in yes. the offseason that they don't win. Yeah, but Kenny, the, the biggest thing that the 05 team saw was that, and I love that team too, the 05 team saw that they needed depth. Yes. They needed depth. That's why they did that trade. They traded their third best player in EJ so they can get a starting point guard, a starting uh, small forward, a, the sixth man, and then they signed uh, uh, Gary and they signed Alonzo and they helped that depth for that team. This team has depth. Their fucking starting point guard is hurt. Uh, well, uh, is is uh, is going through some personal reasons right now. He's coming back. This team's gonna be. This team hasn't played together. The the fucking five best players on this team have not played together since the fucking first week of the season, basically. Like it, it just it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense, man. It doesn't make sense. There's no trade available. Why are we clamoring for Dorian Finney Smith? What are we doing? <laughs> Because you're because you're you're, you're upset when we're you're quite, not upset you're concerned because you have to pay Tyler Hero, but you're gonna get Dorian Finney Smith on a rental. You're gonna give up one of your best shooters when your two best players can't shoot worth shit. I don't care about Duncan's fucking slumps. Shooters go through slumps. Watch a basketball game for once. Pay attention to the season. You'll see that happens. Steph Curry is having the worst year of his career since his ankle injuries. That's aside the point. So you want to get rid of him and you want to bring in Dorian Finney-Smith as a rental on a team who's looking to win now because he's having a good year. And then you have to go ahead and probably get rid of him to pay Tyler anyway. So you're going to just have Duncan out in the wind somewhere because you're weird and you're obsessed and Duncan's player that you have, Duncan's the player you have to pick on this year because it was fun with Hassan Whiteside. And you have this weird urge to try to be Seth Trilly and steal his humor, even though it's not funny when you do it. And so now you have to go ahead and just do a bunch of shit that doesn't make sense. Exactly. What is happening? What are we doing, guys? What are we doing? Please just watch basketball. If a trade happens, great. I trust the front office. But other than that, just fucking cut that shit out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.